Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. The power's there. It exists. It's already been given. Every word that has ever been needed, every solution that has ever been needed, every problem that has ever been needed, God has already spoken the word and created the answer for it. We have to learn how to activate that. We have to learn how to take it and pull it out of the supernatural into the natural with our faith. We talked a couple weeks ago about preparation, preparing your heart to be able to receive it, preparing your heart to be ready to activate it, and probably even just as important is preparing your atmosphere, the atmosphere around you. What are you preparing it with? What are you putting in your atmosphere? Because what's in your atmosphere will be what you declare, will be what you manifest. Whatever atmosphere you are in, that's what you'll declare, and that's what you'll manifest in is what surrounds you. And so uh, Heidi said something last week about how that um, when you're walking in love, that it makes you a new person. And I had thought about that, and the two scriptures that we're, we're basing and we're using as our kind of our cornerstone scriptures, um, Colossians 1, 10 and 11, or 10, 9, actually Colossians 1, 9 through 11, it says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering, with joy. And then in 1 Corinthians 1, or I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where... where um, no, I was right the first time. 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, where uh, Paul said, In my speech and my preaching were not with pervasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So let's pray real quick. Father, thank you. This is your word. We don't have to do anything else to it. We don't have to add anything to it. We simply have to speak your word. You'll take your word this morning, and you'll accomplish with it what you want to accomplish. And so we're grateful, and we thank you for that this morning, Father. Amen. Okay, so as Heidi was saying last week, and, and I, I had already begun to formulate the next step we were going to take, the one thing that is necessary for us if we're going to manifest Holy Spirit power is that we know who we are identifying with. Who do we identify with? Are we identifying with our flesh or are we identifying with the nature of Christ? And so the scripture, you all know the scripture, this, the, the scripture. Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, and, and he said this, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what's Paul saying? He's saying when you're learning to, when you become a Christian and when you begin to walk in this manifest power, your old nature passes away. I found a couple quotes that I really liked about this idea of being in Christ. John G. Lake said the secret of Christianity is in being. It is in being a possessor of the nature of Christ. And then this one, this, this is probably my, one of my favorites, Watchman Nee. said, outside of Christ, I am only a sinner, but in Christ, I am saved. Outside of Christ, I am empty. In Christ, I am full. Outside of Christ, I am weak. In Christ, I am strong. Outside of Christ, I cannot. In Christ, I am more than able. Outside of Christ, I have been defeated. In Christ, I am already victorious. How meaningful are the words in Christ? We have to understand that God has already deposited in us, and we've already talked about this. God has already deposited in us heavenly potential that you and I have not even begun to understand. What was one of the first things we said about the power of God? That we, for the most part, don't really have a proper concept and a proper understanding of what that power is and how great it is. And I use the, the, the explanation or, or the example of a kid with a stick of dynamite. You can give a kid, ask a kid, and we ask Aiden, Aiden, what does what, dynamite do? He said it blows up. Well, yeah, that's truth. It does. And you can give a kid a stick of dynamite and let him throw it, and it's going to make a lot of noise, and it's going to make a hole. It's going to do, you're going to have some effect from it. But if you take that same stick of dynamite and give it to someone who knows how to use it, where to place it, how to access the power in that stick of dynamite, and he just won't make a hole, he'll bring down a mountain. And so that's the whole purpose of what we're talking about. And God's put this potential in us. It's already there. We just haven't learned how to explore it yet. I was listening to God's generals this morning, and I, I, I was listening to uh, uh, him talk about William Branham. The stuff that guy did was crazy. I mean, literally, he, calling people out and telling them where they lived, what color their house was, the address, what town they came from, and then tell them what was wrong with them. And, uh, but, see, he, he had begun to explore to a greater extent than most people the power of God and what the power of God is and what the power of God can do. We have to understand that there are depths of the Spirit, even spheres and atmospheres within us that go beyond our understanding. And this is the cool part. He replaces our identity with his identity. We got to get this into our hearts and spirits. That when we, we, we become a Christian and we begin to be filled with, the, and we're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
God takes his nature, his nature, and he take, pulls out our nature, and he puts his nature into us. Identity is defined as the collective aspect of the set of characteristics by which something is definitively recognized or known. The collective aspect of the set of characteristics by which something is definitely recognized or known. So God's identity, it's a collection. It's a collection of the set of his characteristics that define him. Now, you got to be careful because if this gets down into your spirit, it's going to change you. Because what happens when you get the nature of Christ in you is that you are starting and you will manifest the set of characteristics that define Christ. I'll try this. Try you guys over here. It puts in you the set of characteristics that define Christ. That's what should be coming through us. That's how the power is manifested through us. That's how God's power is manifested through us because his nature, his character, what makes him God is coming through us. Philippians 2, 10 says this. It's a great scripture. And again, the scriptures I'm going to use this morning are scriptures that you guys probably already know. It says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I, I'm, man, the second part of that verse hit me right between the eyes. I'm his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do works that he already prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. So God already knows what he wants from you. God already knows what he's put in you. God already knows what he has designed for you. And I like the way that, that uh, the Amplified Bible says this, for we are his workmanship. His own masterwork, a work of, of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths, he said, so that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Wow. So, we're his workmanship, Paul says. The word for workmanship there is the word poemia. That means, and it's where we get our word poem from. It means a work of masterful creativity, work of art. Now, put that in context with what Paul said. Paul said, you are a work of masterful work. You're a masterful work of creativity. 
You're a work of art. Now, here's where we get into trouble with identifying with Christ. That's what he says about us. But we look at something completely different usually, don't we? We look and say, a work of art, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm a work of art. I'm, I'm a cre- but you've got to understand, God, I had to keep going. <laughs> Paul uses this word to explain what happened when you became a child of God. It emphatically means that on the day you got saved, listen to this, God put forth his most powerful and creative effort to make you new. Hallelujah. God put forth his most creative and powerful force to make you new. Once God was finished making you new, you became a masterpiece, skillfully and artfully artfully created in Christ Jesus. There is nothing cheap about you. So when you get up in the morning, you need to look in the mirror and say, there is nothing cheap about me. God gave the most precious gift that he had. He put all of his creative force and nature in practice when he made you new. Well, some of you are getting excited about it anyway. Hallelujah. All of God's creative, artistic, and intelligent genius went into your making. All of it. Not some of it. Not a portion of it. All of God's creative nature went into making you. Wow. That ought to make you happy. It ought to make you think completely different than you do about yourself. It ought to make you look at yourself in a whole new light. I like what Rick Renner said about this. He said, because the word poemia is used in Ephesians 2.10, it unmistakably means that God wielded his fullest, greatest, and most creative powers when we were born again. We weren't just mildly saved. Rather, God took us into his hands and marvelously made us new in Jesus Christ as he released his most powerful creative forces and made us a workmanship that would be worthy to bear his name. The word workmanship is in the Greek poemia, which comes from the same root word as poetes, which is where we get our word poem from. It said, this tells us, and I, I, I know I'm repeating this, but I want you to get this into your spirit this morning. When we were saved, God put forth his best effort and the best creative powers to marvelously fashion us and create us in Christ Jesus. So when Paul said we are his workmanship, that means God spared nothing, held nothing back when it came to making you and I what we are. When he designed our destiny, he held nothing back. 
What did Peter say? God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have it all. Man, I'm thankful for that. That's one of the things when I, in my prayer time in the morning, I, I, I thank God and say, God, I'm thankful that you have left no loopholes. You've left no, nothing to chance. But everything that I need for today, you have already created and you've already spoken. So all I have to do is walk in it. All I have to do is declare it. Hallelujah. This is good. This is good stuff. We are his making. It suggests spiritual creation, not only just natural creation. Of course, we all know God created us in the natural. But what he created in the spirit has much more meaning and much more power and much more effect than what we are in the natural. We are created for the purpose of action. The actions we should be taking are the actions that God purposed for us. The actions that we should be taking are the actions that God created us to take. Our actions, this, this, this is something that just, I mean, hit me so hard. My actions, our actions, should be bringing forth the fulfillment and the fulfilling of our destiny. Every day, the actions that I take, the thoughts I think, the words I speak, should be taking me further into the destiny that God has for me every day. I should be progressing every day. I wish I could tell you that I was doing that. I'm working at it. And with God's help and by his grace, I'm going to get there. But every day we should be progressing in our destiny. Every day we should be going further and deeper into what God has for us and what God wants to do and what he wants to manifest through us. Literally, when we were born again, the work God created in us basically was based entirely on the removal of our nature and the injection of his nature. Now, here's where we come into problems. We, as, as, even as believers, we, we want to we dwell back here. God says, I want you to do this. And we're back here going, well, what about this and this and this? Or, well, this person said this, or, or this happened. And you have to understand that what God is doing, and when God said he made you his workmanship, when he said he made you a new creation, there is nothing about your past that has any effect on your future. Okay, I want to say that again. There is nothing about your past that has any correlation, any effect on what your future is. You're, you're a brand new creation. 
And we have to understand, and, and I read this, it says that the human mind tends to conform to the things to which it is continually exposed. The human mind tends to conform to the things to which it is continually exposed. So whatever you're exposing this to, whatever you're exposing this to, that's what you're going to conform to. If you've gotten in, into your mind that, well, I can't, I can't do that. God said do this, but I've got X, Y, Z, this. Then yes, guess what? That's what your mind is going to conform to. You're going to conform to the fact that I can't do it because of this and this. Instead of having your mind conform to the fact that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you're doing that, you're, you're conforming to that instead of conforming to uh, forgetting those things which are behind me. I press toward the mark, toward the prize of the high calling in Christ. And see, when, when we're going to come to the place where we're manifesting the power of Christ, we're not going to be bogged down by that. When God says move, we're going to move. When God says do this, we're going to do this. We're not going to stop to think about, well, I have this limitation or that limitation. No, because I don't have those limitations. I have the nature of God in me. All of his creative force. All of his creative nature. Everything about him exists in me. Man, guys, if we get this into our heart, watch out. Watch out what happens in your heart and your life. You begin, to, you begin to live on a whole different plane of existence. Because you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about the nature of Christ. And that's what begins to move through you. That's what begins to manifest through you. It's his nature. What would happen if when Peter... And John were on the way to the temple, and they saw the guy begging, and he's asking for alms. What would happen if when they felt the prompting, Peter felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, silver and gold have my number? What, what if he just said, well, <laughs> Lord, I denied you. How can I do this? John would have said, Lord, I ran. How could I do this? No, because that wasn't the nature that was in them anymore. It was the nature and the resurrection power of God that was in them. So that's why they could say, get up off your bed and walk. Because the nature, that nature was what was manifesting through them. That nature, what was manifesting in them, was the resurrection power of God, the power that was able to do that. The human mind tends to conform. So what did, what did Paul say in Romans 12, 2? He said what? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like the way the, the Phillips version says this. It says, don't let the world squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all of his demands, and moves toward the goal of true maturity. 
Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. But let God remold your minds from within. Now, in, 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 in uh, King James, they use, he uses the word transform. But let your minds be transformed, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transform is the word metamorpho, or meta, metamorpho, which we get our word metamorphosis from. And it means to be changed, to be transfigured, to change into another form, to form above and beyond. And in, in the book, we're, a Bible study that, that we're doing on the power portals, Joshua Mills, he talks about how the, the transformation of a caterpillar into a butterfly. And how that when that caterpillar goes into that cocoon, every, there's, that it literally dissolves into nothing, just goo. And from that goo, it begins to be transformed, retransformed into that butterfly. And so everything about that thing that was a caterpillar is gone. There's nothing left of that. And from the mess that's left, God begins to create that butterfly. And so that's how, it, that's how this word, he describes the transforming of our mind. <laughs> Is he takes everything out until there's nothing but mush and mess there. And then from that mess, he creates a new mind. A new, a new way of being. I know what some of you are thinking, but we're, we're not going to go there this morning. So, Actually, the term new creation or new creature signifies, I love this, that you are a species of being that has never existed before. You are a species of being that has never existed before. There are things that you can do that nobody else can. Hallelujah. Man, some of you are looking at me like I got a third eye on my forehead here. Seriously, that's what this means. You are capable, and God has made you capable of doing things that no one else can do. You are a unique, special, new creation that has never existed before. Wow. I, don't, I got excited about this. There are areas you can tap into that no one else can tap into. We're not, listen, I love this. We're not just the same old people put into a shiny new package. We are brand new. We are not even a new model of the same person. We are totally new creation. We begin to operate with the supernatural in supernatural function because we have taken off our natural identity and taken on the supernatural identity of our heavenly Father. Are you getting this this morning? Man, this is... Guys, this is... <laughs> This is life-changing. This will change the whole way you think. It'll change the whole way you operate in the world. When you understand 
that you don't have to worry about you making any mistakes. You, Aaron, the only times that happens is when you get back in your flesh and you start operating out of that again. But if you have the nature of Christ in you, you're incapable of making a mistake because he doesn't make any. <laughs> I, I know this is messing with some of you because it messed with me. But see, the problem is when I start getting back into my old identity and I start stepping back into my old identity of who I was. And I start thinking that way and I start acting that way. But at that point, I have to, I have to say, no, uh-uh, not doing that. Not going back there, not doing that again. I'm, I'm looking this way. I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm pressing toward the completion of my destiny. I'm, I'm, that's where I'm headed. There is nothing about our past that has any effect on who we are now. Thank God for that. I know who I was. <laughs> A rebellious PK who caused the dad more headaches than, than I could tell you stories, uh, but I won't. Him having to come down and get me out of jail, the town jail, be it in my brothers. But see, that's not me anymore. That's, that's not who I am anymore. That, that guy died. That guy went under the blood. And I will, t I will say, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The only two people that remember your past are you and the devil. The only two. The one who matters says, nope, nope, that stuff's all done. I don't even think about that anymore. In fact, he says he can't even remember it. So when you start getting those thoughts about, well, I can't because I did this or did that, there's no, it's coming from what, either one or two places, your flesh or the devil. And so you know, another one, neither one of them are going to take you a good place. So you just, you have to put that, you must put that behind you. And you must focus on what this new nature will do and can do in you. Galatians 6.15 in the New Living Testament says this, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not, what counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. It doesn't matter what we were before. It doesn't matter what capabilities we had before, what capabilities we didn't have before. Now we have the capabilities of heaven. Now we have the capabilities of our Heavenly Father moving through us and living through us. We talked again, and we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 3.18, that says we are constantly being changed from glory to glory because God's not stationary. God doesn't stay in one place. And how that those, those, those levels, those levels, of, of glory are not horizontal. We don't go from glory to glory to glory. We go from glory to glory to glory. And, and as I read this again uh, in the Berean Study Bible, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of God, I love this, are being transferred into his image with intensifying glory which comes from the Lord. <laughs> we, 
Wow. Guys, this excited me, man. I mean, I, I couldn't hardly, I, 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 I just, yeah. Intensifying glory. Intensifying glory. It doesn't get weaker. It gets stronger. The more we operate in it, the more we move in it, it doesn't get weaker. It gets stronger. It gets more intense. That's why men like Charles Finney could walk through a factory and just tour in a factory and have people hitting their knees crying out to forgiveness, and they have to shut the whole factory down and have a service so he can preach and get people saved. Is because they, these guys, these people walked in this. It got more intense and more intense and more intense in them. And it affected everything around them. We have, we have that same nature and that same power right here. And if we're going to move into the, and we're going to progress in the great awakening that's starting, we're going to have to intensify our effort. We're going to have to see that glory intensified in us. We're going to have to see that power, that nature intensify in us because as it intensifies in us, it's going to be manifested through us with that same intensity. It's the power and the nature of God that changes us from weak need little Lord Fauntleroy Christians into the powerhouses that proclaim the word of God and say, no, that's not how it is. I love, I said it a couple weeks ago, we should be opposing and in, in what, what was the word I used? Can't even remember now. But anyway, that we should be, we're, we, when we walk into a room, we should change the atmosphere of that. The atmosphere of that room ought to change because of who is inside of us. The realm of darkness doesn't intimidate us. We intimidate it. We're not intimidated by wickedness and evil. That's why we should be so, especially in this day and age, we're the ones who should be making the difference because these things, like Paul said, they don't move us. We're not intimidated by what the Democrats do. We're not intimidated by the things leadership does. We're not intimidated by what we see out in the world because we know what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. <laughs> Glory to God. You're going to get excited about this one way or the other this morning. Hallelujah. So, we see ourselves. This is cool. When we start walking in this, we start seeing what God sees. We start seeing what God sees. When he sees us, he sees himself. When he looks at you, he sees himself. When he looks at me, he sees himself. He sees his nature. He sees his identity. He sees that set of characteristics that makes him God. We don't. So therefore, being he sees that, he doesn't see our faults. Rather, 
He sees the glory of his presence within us through Christ by his spirit. He sees the eternal life that he has given us. He sees the answers to the problems that he's given us. We need to see ourselves the same way. Almost done. God believes in you when you don't even believe in yourself. He sees something inside of you that a lot of times you don't see. And that's his nature and his identity. Acts 17, 28 says this. Paul said that in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. The Passion Translation says it this way. It is through him that we live and function and have our identity. It is through him that we live and function and have our identity. What we believe about ourselves has a huge impact on what we allow ourselves to do. And what we believe about ourselves or believe ourselves capable of achieving. I'm going to say that again. What we believe about ourselves has a huge impact on what we allow ourselves to do and we believe ourselves capable of achieving. So what we think, what did Paul say as a man, or what does the word say as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So this is not you got to understand, this is not pride. This is not ego. This is understanding who is inside of you. <laughs> you this is understanding who is in you. This has nothing to do with pride or ego. Because there's, if you got any sense at all, you realize that, that you don't have and you don't bring anything to the table. But you're just letting the power and the presence of God, what he's given to you, what he's placing you, all you're doing is letting that loose and letting it out. And that's what's being manifested through you. When you recognize your identity in Christ, one thing will take place. You will change from the position of the world's mindset that exists for self and self alone to a heart that under no circumstances exists in the realm of the natural, but lives and exists and manifests only what is seen and decreed in the supernatural. When you recognize your identity in Christ, you quit living in the natural. Huh? I, there, there was a term, old school Pentecost term, that said that there are some people that are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. I'm sorry, I've never met anybody like that. I've never met anybody. Because if you're heavenly minded, you're going to do, you've you got to be earthly good. You're going to have good impact. You're going to have a spiritual impact. When you are in Christ and you are heavenly minded, truly heavenly minded, the things that come out of you are not going to be bad stuff. It's going to be good stuff. 
It's going to reap and it's going to bring forth good harvest because you planted good seed. So we become, I love this, we become a heart that under no circumstances exists in the realm of the natural, but lives, exists, and manifests only what is seen in the supernatural and decrees what is only in the supernatural. So we quit decreeing what we see in the natural. We quit decreeing and we quit thinking and we quit, we quit bringing forth out of our mouth the things that are in the natural. And when you, when you have the nature of Christ in here, you start looking into the supernatural. You start seeing what's out there. And that's when you start pulling it into the natural. That's when you start bringing those things that God has already decreed and declared in the supernatural. And you start pulling them into the natural. And that's when you start seeing signs and wonders and miracles. I must understand that the principles of divine order are in me. I must Understand that the principles of divine order are in me. And that his identity must manifest through me when that happens. When I understand divine principle, he will be manifested through me. Divine order is the proper installation of God's power in me. Working through me with no interference from the flesh. Divine order is the proper installation of God's power in me, working through me with no interference from the flesh. <laughs> I have some of you, I know some of you, some of you, this is messing with you because you keep wanting to go back here and you keep wanting to say, well, yeah, but... You know, I know me. No, you, if you knew you, really, you wouldn't say that. If you really knew you, you wouldn't be saying that. You'd be saying, let's do this. Doesn't matter how big the mountain is. Let's remember, I. I love this because God showed me this, you know, when the, that scripture, and I got to hurry, I got, well, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm almost done. So I got to finish this. We must clearly see that God has identified in us to give us a supernatural identity so that we can be changed and that we can change around us. Less of the natural, more of the supernatural. So that we live every day in the spirit, clearly seeing step by step the divine will and purpose of God, him being manifested through us. Hallelujah. Where's your identity this morning? <laughs> Are you still walking in you? Are you still letting those limitations pull you back? Because if when you want the manifestation of God's power through you, then you've got to start identifying with him. Hallelujah. Man, I hope you got, I, I got blessed. So, I don't know if you have any meetings. Thanks for listening.
God bless you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.